Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom on a Thursday. Thank you for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button if you want Michigan football to win the program's 12th national championship. Uh, So hit that thumbs up there. Please subscribe as well to our channel. We'll have new videos all the time, especially uh, coming into this football season. Got a great plan for everybody for that. And head to thewolverine.com for all of our work. As always, you can sign up, be a premium subscriber, join us on our message board, interact with thousands and thousands of Michigan fans over there and our staff uh, all the time churning out content. Uh, We are brought to you today by My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner himself and helps people find franchises to fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. Andy Ludicky, you can find him www.myperfectfranchise.net. Those of you watching on YouTube can see the site right there. Uh, hit him up on the phone, 404-973-9901. Email him, Andy, at myperfectfranchise.net. You can also book a time with him on his calendar on the website there. Again, 100% free, so if you're interested It does not hurt one bit to get on the phone or do a meeting uh, with Andy Ludicky, and we appreciate his sponsorship of our show uh, going back back several months now. So thank you to Andy Ludicky and my perfect franchise. AB, 4th of July is in the books for 58 days until Michigan kicks off the season September 2nd against East Carolina back in the big house. What's going on, man? How's it going? Everything's great. Uh, the the Fourth of July holiday always good to uh, you know, it was nice to be able to get outside a few days without the threat of uh, the Canadian wildfire smoke just like being outside being akin to smoking a pack of cigarettes so uh, was was happy to spend some time out there I know you and I are both on vacation next week so it's kind of like uh, you know we're enjoying the summer now right uh, we've we've had a few weeks since the football preview. Uh, has been in the books that should be shipping out any time now but you know it kind of feels like you know once we come back from vacation it, it goes right into we have a magazine week and then we have uh, big 10 media days so uh, for us i know 58 days away still from the start of the season but for us uh, things are really close to getting uh, you know to kicking into high gear and i'm excited for that uh, i don't i operate at optimum uh, efficiency when we have too many things to do as opposed to uh, kicking the can and, and just figuring it out one day at a time. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, it's, it was a good relaxing weekend. Uh, a good recharge is coming uh, for myself and, and for the both of us here soon. And then we're right back in it. So uh, excited to, to be back and uh, looking forward to everything that comes next. 
It's great to hear, no doubt. And for those that are wondering why Chris Ballas is not here, he was injured in a uh, chicken fighting incident at the Torch Lake <laughs> Sandbar over the weekend. So thoughts and prayers are with him. Just kidding. He is, uh, he is fine. I, I assume if he did participate, he went undefeated. Um, but uh, he is, he's all good. Just couldn't make it <laughs> this morning. But uh, yeah, hope everybody had a great 4th of July out there. We're going to talk a little bit of Michigan football here. We'll get into some basketball as well. Michigan pursuing a new transfer. This stuff never ends. It keeps giving us content, but Michigan pursuing a new transfer in Jose Perez out of West Virginia. Uh, so we will get into him, and that one could happen pretty quickly here. But we'll start with some football stuff, and uh, in, in specifically with kind of you know framed around what some assistant coaches talked about this week. Uh, both Grant Newsom, Michigan tight ends coach, joined John Jansen on his podcast, uh, both him and Ron Bellamy, wide receivers coach. Um, so we'll talk about some of their co- uh, comments and uh, quite a few interesting things coming out of those conversations, which are some of my favorites. When when you get the assistant coach's view on their position group and their side of the ball going into fall camp, going into the season, uh, I think it's a little it's interesting. They're a little more candid this time of year, especially talking to John Jansen, the All-American in his own right. Uh, but A.B., we'll start with the tight ends. Colston Loveland, a guy that we're both high on. Um, coming into his sophomore season here and Grant Newsom uh, was telling a, a fantastic story about how Jake, Butt, two-time all American, you know, played with Grant Newsom there eight, nine years ago at Michigan and, or six, seven years ago. And, you know, he was watching Colson Loveland and, and Grant was saying uh, he came out to a practice and Grant said, Hey, uh, he's better than you were. Uh, he's the best tight end I've seen here. And Jake said, yeah, he, he actually might be coming out of that practice, or he might already be, but he's going to be. Um, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I think Jake's being a little bit, uh, uh, you know, a little bit modest there. But uh, what's the ceiling for for Colston Loveland this season and then the rest of his career? I think the ceiling, to uh, to quote Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that Colston Loveland can be – now, listen, I think people forget sometimes – just how ready Jake Butt was out of the box. You know, I think he had 45 catches uh, combined his first two years, which, you know, that's that, when you spread the ball around, that's that's quite a bit. Um, Colston Loveland, I do think when you look at Jake's, Jake Butt's sophomore year, where he had 21 catches, 211 yards, and two touchdowns. Do I think that Colston Loveland will surpass that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I could see it being somewhere closer to, you know, 35, 40 catches. I just feel like he is a guy, and we've had this conversation a few times where, we, we rack our brains all off season about who's going to be this team's number one passing target or who's JJ McCarthy really going to hone in on a relationship with. And to me, I think that Colston Loveland is that guy. He can play in line. He can play in the slot. I think he can play a little bit of boundary uh, receiver as well. They're going to move him around. And we saw that in limited snaps in the spring game. So he's going to be a guy that, you know, again, uh, the most Jim Harbaugh Michigan thing would be that, you know, who's your leading receiver? Well, it's actually a tight end. And I do think that over the middle of the field, which is a, a play, an area of J.J. McCarthy's game that he showed last year that uh, he could be elite in, in terms of the play action, in terms of, you know, those throws in those intermediate areas. I think those two have the chance to feast together. So uh, it's, it's tough to put a ceiling on a guy when he could be here for three or four years. But uh, in terms of what he can be through the prism of, compared to what Luke Schoonmaker was, compared to what, 
you know, all these guys dating back to Jake Butt have been. I think he can be at least as good as Jake Butt. And given his versatility, I mean, he does have a chance, I think, to be the best tight end that Jim Harbaugh's had at Michigan. Yeah, and Joel Honigford said that at Pro Day, right? That he could be one of the best tight ends that Michigan's ever had. Michigan's had a lot of really good tight ends going back, you know, years and years. Jake Butt being one of them. Uh, I, I think they're just different players. And I think I could see Colston Loveland being better. Uh, Jake Butt set a really high bar, though, being one of the few two-time All-Americans in Michigan football history. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put a ceiling on, on Colston Loveland either. Uh, one of the most interesting things, really one of the things I've been I, I'm most curious to see about Colston Loveland this season is his blocking. Um, you know, he he was in there, he got blown up a couple times last season, wasn't maybe trusted as much, had to had to do more of that towards the end of the year, especially when Luke Schoonmaker was hurt. And, you know, I think Michigan could have used him out there, obviously. They could have used Eric all throughout the season. But one of the more encouraging things that Grant Newsom talked about was his issues blocking. Uh, you know, we're not with, you know, he, maybe he needed to clean up a couple technique things, but it's not like this guy can't do it. He said it was mostly about cleaning some of that stuff up and also the strength. And then when you talk to Colston Loveland, um, you know, from the end of the season to now, I think he's already gained over 10 pounds, he said, uh, you know, in, in is right there at 250 pounds. I think that's going to be big for him. And then uh, going into the rest of the tight end room, AB, I mean, I think, it's it might be so I power ranked the position groups on offense way back back in January and the tight ends came in last on offense I have since moved them up in our article that came out last week I do have the wide receivers last we'll get to them in a second they may be a little bit underrated as well but I feel better about this tight end room now you know AJ Barner's come in I think he's going to be your guy that can really be the blocking tight end Max Bredesen's going to be kind of your your fullback type uh, Matthew Hibner broke out in the spring game. Grant Newsom brought up the, the turf monster that got him on that long, that long catch and run that should have been a touchdown. And then Marlon Klein is the guy who could be the surprise. Grant Newsom said he's in that top five uh, of guys that he trusts right now. Is this tight end room? You know, we talk about Colston Loveland a lot. AJ Barner gets some shine, although I think maybe he should get a little bit more. Um, but your feelings overall on this room, I think it's maybe a little deeper than I thought coming into the season. And that's why in our latest power rankings heading into fall camp, uh, we moved them up a little bit. Yeah, I would say, honestly, I think they're as deep, but I think what these guys do well is a lot different than what maybe last year's group or the, or the group before did well. I mean, you had a, a room full of guys like, um, you know, Luke Schoonmaker and, and Joel Honigford and Max Bredesen and, Carter Seltzer, those are guys, those are the dirty work type of guys, right? Those are the ones that, um, you know, outside of Scoodmaker, who turned himself into a second round pick in the NFL draft, uh, those guys were, you know, your blocking tight ends, the guys that were kind of doing the things that don't show up in the box score. And honestly, doing things that um, even pro football focus didn't really grade them highly for. Um, now I look at this room and we've talked about Colston Loveland, but he can be a versatile pass catcher. He can play you know, any role they ask him to uh, AJ Barner, I think is a lot more like Schoonmaker than maybe he's being given credit for. And that's not to say he's going to be a day two NFL draft pick, but you, you look at yeah. guys that can slide into roles. And um, to me, that's the best one, two tight end combo in the big 10. And, you know, I'm still kind of working my way through seeing what the rest of the country brings back, but I'd have to think that's going to rank pretty high nationally too. So you have those two guys at the top. Hibner is someone who has, you know, just been putting in the work behind the scenes. You talked about that turf monster play. He's got a little more juice to his game 
than I than I thought. And obviously we haven't, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him on the field, but if he catches the ball, he can run away from you. And I think that Marlon Klein is a guy that uh, you know, it's probably probably needs another year or two in the lab, or at least a year until he's, you know, higher up on the depth chart. But that's a guy that came in raw. And and I remember people when he was recruited saying that. Uh, the Michigan coaching staff said they reminded him of Travis Kelsey or something like that. So you have, um, you have a room that is as deep because I do think this room can go four deep, five deep in terms of the guys that get the bulk of the playing time. Uh, But I think that they're a better group of pass catchers than last year's group. And does that make them better than last year's? I mean, we'll see. Ultimately they'll decide that when they play the games on the field. But um, I think you have a lot more, Options in the like you weren't you weren't throwing a play action pass to Joel Honigford or or Carter Seltzer or or Max Bredesen. You know, I think that you have maybe three to four guys in this group now where you can say, hey, you know what? Um, not only we're not just bringing you into the game to block, but we think that you can you can do some damage for us over the middle of the field. And, and I'm excited to see how that develops. It is not. I would definitely rank them right now ahead of the wide receivers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No doubt. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Last year, they were kind of a little bit more, um, you know, not handcuffed, but there were guys that just had a specific role. They could do one thing well, uh, maybe a few more complete guys. And if Matthew Hibner, you know, can prove that that he is a complete guy, he's been a, he's been a guy who's just been waiting around and waiting around forever in one of the most talented groups on the roster. And now it seems like, you know, he could have his time and he's got a couple more years of, of eligibility. So he could end up being a really good one himself and if Marlon Klein comes you know comes through and is a guy you can trust uh, then I think that is a pretty deep room let's move on to those wide receivers Ron Bellamy with several interesting comments I'll kind of run through a few bullet points uh, of what he talked about but one that you know I feel like Roman Wilson you know gets some decent PR on this podcast I think you know he should be paying us some sort of royalty or something but uh, he, he says that he's challenging Roman Wilson to be one of the most dynamic playmakers in the entire country. Uh, he talked about Cornelius Johnson, you know, how much a, a leader that he has been uh, and how he's really been a leader since Ron Bellamy got here before 2021. He's just been that steady guy. Speaking of steady guys, Peyton O'Leary called him steady. Eddie uh, said, you know, he would have had a slew of offers if he didn't have his 2020 season in high school canceled. So that one kind of worked out in Michigan's favor. Now on scholarship, Tyler Morris wearing number eight, uh, and just reminds them of Ronnie Bell. He said he turned to Jim Harbaugh several times this spring uh, after Tyler Morris would make a play, and they would say, Ronnie Bell, uh, even though he said he's his own man, but uh, they, they're really encouraged by what Tyler Morris has shown. He said Darius Clemens 
uh, had a really great spring. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about Darius Clemens in a second, but I think uh, he could be, he could really determine maybe a higher ceiling for this wide receiver room. But you, you have some other guys, some young guys that, that have turned some heads early on. I don't know how much those guys are going to contribute right away. Um, but what do you make of, of this wide receiver room? And maybe are we underrating it? Could, you know, could Roman Wilson step up? Corne- could Cornelius Johnson take another step in his development? Um, you know, or, are we discounting the fact that Peyton O'Leary could be a factor and that this wide receiver room might be a, a little bit better than, than we've thought? I know they don't have that first round type of guy in there, but uh, could they piece this together pretty well? I think they can piece it together. And people need to understand too, when we rank these position groups and, and, you know, on the flip side, it's the conversation we've had about the cornerbacks all year where you just wonder, you know, someone has to be ranked. If you're going to rank something, this is why Jim Harbaugh doesn't like to rank things because it feels like someone else gets disrespected. But when you rank something, someone has to be last. Someone has to come in uh, at the end of the list. And on offense to me, it's uh, it is those wide receivers because, and it depends too. I mean, you can, their numbers are going to inherently get better. Guys like Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, because they're the top two guys in the depth chart. And I don't really see that changing either. I know there's still this, uh, I won't call it a fantasy, but a pipe dream, uh, maybe even that Darius Clemens is, you know, he'll bust out in a big way and be, you know, the number one wide receiver that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Michigan hasn't had since, you know, Braylon Edwards or insert, you know, insert legendary wide receiver here. I think it's still probably another year or so away with him. Uh, you know, he came to college looking the part, but it's gonna, it, it just takes time, especially when your, your playing time at this school depends on your willingness and your competitiveness when it comes to blocking. So uh, to me, yeah, they can absolutely piece it together and guys are going to take steps forward and player development is, is going to, you know, make a difference. And JJ McCarthy being as talented as he is, is going to make a difference, but um, it's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of unknowns there. And it's not a concern. You know, you, you, we sift through things on the roster. Like a concern is, you know, what happens if an injury happens at quarterback or what happens if Will Johnson comes back and isn't quite the same after his off season surgery. Like those are concerns. I just have question marks at wide receiver. Um, Tyler Morris, I think is a guy that, uh, no, they're different players, but in terms of someone who could be reliable and, and just does not, you know, just comes up big when you need him to, I think he can kind of step in in time and be what Ronnie Bell was. But in the here and now, I mean, really what you're just looking for with this group is consistency. You know, I need Cordelius Johnson to have his four or five catches a week instead of one catch for a couple games in a row. Then he has four catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns against Ohio State, which I mean, if that's what the scenario is, then yeah, I guess you take that. But um, it just need you need all of these guys to be consistent. And something that I think was kind of a concern for me with them last year is that, uh, especially on the deep balls. I mean, some of that was JJ McCarthy. A lot of it too was the fact that guys just didn't make plays. These guys just have to make plays, and you're not asking them to be something they're not. It's just a matter of the focus and and coming up when your opportunity. Uh, presents itself to you so we'll see uh it's by far the group with the most question marks on offense but i think that they can be fine here i really do i agree uh and i think and and you you brought up a point earlier that makes me you know pretty confident in what this receiving core can be is that it's not just a, a receiving core 
or wide receiving core that you know is is above average or decent or has a, a few good pieces it's one that's also surrounded by uh, a good group of tight ends as we talked about a good good group of running backs uh especially donovan edwards who can catch the ball and then also you know has a really good quarterback and has a really good run game too so that's going to open things up for them and maybe they can you know perform a little bit better than they would on another team which is all you can ask um deep ball is something i wanted to bring up if you look at um Passes at 20-plus yards. This is going off of pro football focus. But Cornelius Johnson caught four of those last year, one of them uh, pretty famous in, in the Ohio State game. Roman Wilson with two, Colston Loveland with two, Donovan Edwards with three. That's not many. you know. So the receivers do have to get open. Ron Bellamy talked about that, though, uh, in, in the deep balls, and he just said it's just repetitions, repetition, building that chemistry. And it's something that's huge, something we've talked about throughout the offseason. But J.J.'s healthy. And JJ's your starting quarterback. You couldn't say either of those things last year at this time. So I think that's going to help their chemistry as they go into fall camp. They're just building that momentum uh, and building off what they did on Darius Clemens. Um, you know, I, I think I, I'm still waiting to see what he's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a really big fall camp for him. You know, Ron Bellamy said he had a good spring you didn't necessarily hear a, a ton of buzz about him at that time, but he's got so much potential and we did see it in the spring game last year, actually with, with his, you know, diving catch for a touchdown uh, and kind of showing that oh, there is a next level here to this guy. There is that extra gear. If you can unlock that and maybe it's mid season, you know, it's maybe doesn't, doesn't have to be right at the beginning of the year, but I think if he raises his game and becomes a, a guy that you can rely on out there, then I think, this wide receiver room is going to be pretty darn good because I like Tyler Morris in the slot. I like Roman Wilson a lot, as people know. And I like Cornelius Johnson as kind of a steady guy on the outside too. So all eyes for me are on Darius Clemens in fall camp. I'm excited to hear about uh, how he does, how he's been doing this summer. Um, because I think, you know, he knows there's a lot riding on, on this off season for him and, and there are spots and snaps to be had. Um, I, I will say this last thought on the wide receivers. Michigan was aggressive at a lot of different positions in the transfer portal. They knew they needed a tight end. They knew they needed an offensive lineman or two. They actually probably got more than they even needed there. A little bit of overkill. They knew they needed some linebacker depth. They knew they needed a corner. Uh, they got all those guys. We didn't hear much at all about wide receiver other than them being one of about 60 schools to reach out to Keon Coleman, which why would you not? Um, so maybe that speaks, you know, maybe they they just didn't have an in with some of these guys and maybe there were some quiet conversations behind the scenes there. But I think that speaks uh, to Michigan being confident in what they have at wide receiver. Ron Bellamy said uh, he really likes this group and obviously I wouldn't expect him to say anything less. Um, but but I think that could bode well, uh, you know, too, for this group, just, just the fact that, that the coaches didn't feel a need to go out there and get somebody. Uh, any, any other thoughts on this uh, wide receiving core, A.B.? Just that there's there's talent here. I mean, it's not like they're bereft of of wide receiver talent. I mean, Roman Wilson, a guy that we saw score what three touchdowns in his first four touches of the year last year. That's something that that's that's a Michigan. Like, how do you get that guy more involved and more consistent? That's a Michigan problem. Like, you need to find ways to get that type of explosiveness as many touches as you as you can. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, I think, is going to be a solid number two. Tyler Morris. Uh, and Darius Clemens, I think, will have their opportunities, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. So, uh, there's talent here, though. I mean, there's it's time to it's time to develop some of these guys, and that's 
that's that's been a, a question mark of mine even going back to you know when Josh Gaddis was coaching the wide receivers is that um, they've had a lot of you know that 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 wide receiver class they brought in in 2017 was about as talented as it gets and you know the this the the parts just never added up to what the sum should have been and I'm not saying that the guys on the roster they have now are that but uh, you know it's they are so overdue for someone to pop and just kind of be a a go-to option. And, and I'm excited to see if this group has the goods for that. Last, last thing on them. Top two wide receivers on a big 10 championship winning team in 2021 were Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson. So they could be that once again, with better quarterback play, probably a better run game uh, than even, you know, with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum that season. So uh, we shall see. And, and some young guys that are emerging as well that we talked about. Uh, let's flip over to basketball to close us out. Michigan, as we mentioned at the top, pursuing Jose Perez, West Virginia uh, transfer, six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds, heading into his sixth college basketball season, looking for his fifth school. A uh, very unique journey for Jose Perez. He spent two years at Gardner Webb, one year at Marquette. His coach gets fired, transfers to Manhattan. His coach gets fired right before the season. He transfers to West Virginia uh, last fall doesn't get his waiver to, to play, so he had to sit out. Then Bob Huggins gets fired this summer. We all know that story. He enters the transfer portal just yesterday, and even before he entered, there was some buzz surrounding Michigan. Uh, you know, A few other schools, including Gonzaga, reached out as soon as he did enter the transfer portal, but there was Michigan buzz here, as we said, before he entered the portal, and you kind of have the feeling, especially given the timing, we're sitting here on July 6th, that this could get done pretty quickly uh but a unique player who who doesn't you know i'm looking at his game he doesn't do one thing particularly great but he can do a lot of different things he carried a huge load at manhattan a couple seasons ago wasn't necessarily efficient but that was a bad team and and part of me with his usage rate being 33.3 percent uh that's impressive in and of itself he's not going to play that type of role here so i wouldn't worry too much about that i think he can be more efficient in i guess a lesser role uh, but AB, your thoughts on on Jose Perez as Michigan continues to, uh, you know, seek guys to fill those last two roster spots? Yeah, I mean, listen. At this point, it's it's July sixth. Uh, this is probably option. Uh, I lost my place in the alphabet. Maybe L M N O or P somewhere in that uh, in that area for Michigan. But I, I think it's a, it's at this point you're just adding good pieces like like or adding the best pieces you can uh, to upgrade your roster and um are we operating out of i mean is he a 2 or is he a 3 where where do you think he would play here probably 3 which is kind of funny cuz now they have a lot of guys that are like a could play a 3 could play a small 4 um but i think he could he could play the 2 if you needed him to as well he can he can handle the ball yeah yeah my thing is it's just I feel like you have a bunch of guys on the wing now that can't shoot, which I mean, uh, I hope they could defend. That's all I'll really say, because I think that this is going to be a team that has to win ugly next year. I think that's the, the parts that they have. Um, I think that's, that's kind of what the, you know, they might have to San Diego state it up, so to speak. So, so as far as Perez goes, I mean, I know it's uh he's, I mean, really not like terribly efficient. Like it's not, it, it's not, uh, it's just, it's more of the workload, right? Like it's more of what he had to take on playing for schools right. that 
honestly aren't very good. And who knows, Michigan might not be very good, but I don't think they're going to need him to be what he was at Manhattan or Gardner Webb or, or so to speak. So if he does come to Michigan, I think it's just, it's, it's good competition. Uh, it, it's more, I think that's the biggest thing is that I, you know, if there's competition and depth on this roster, I do think you're going to give yourself some options to piece together the best lineup you can on a given night. And um, yeah, like I said, he's, he's not that efficient, but you know, he won't have to take on what he had to take on uh, at Michigan or what he would need to take on uh, if he comes to Michigan. So it's nice to see, you know, you like the 4.5 assists per game. Uh, so it's not yeah. like the Caleb love thing. Like he's woefully inefficient, but he was never going to, you know, he doesn't distribute the basketball. I think this guy, uh, I think Jose Perez could could come in and be a distributor and be a solid piece for this team. So again, I think he's, uh, I think he's a take for sure. I mean, just about anyone who wants to come at this point is a take. We do need, we know they need to add someone. I'd love to see them add, you know, a better shooter, but you know, you can only really add what's out there, and and Perez is maybe as good as it gets right now. Yeah, you mentioned some of those numbers. He shot 26.1% on 111 three-point attempts last season. That's obviously not very good, but taking 111, um, you know, shows that he was he was kind of one of the featured guys there. As not a shooter to surpass 100, uh, you know, three-point mark, but he averaged 19 points a game, four and a half assists, 3.2 rebounds, shot 44.5% on twos. Again, 26.1 on threes. Gets to the free-throw line a lot, makes 80% of his foul shots, which, which is encouraging. But when I look at his profile, something that stands out to me because it's what we we both mentioned it in, in different ways is that he's not going to play that type of role at Michigan if he comes here. And I look back to his freshman season, 2018-19, a long time ago, at Gardner Webb. His usage rate was was much lower than it than it was, uh, you know, later in his career when he was at Manhattan. But he shot 36.6 percent on 134 three point attempts in a lesser role. So we could see that play out you're playing with better players uh sometimes that gets you some better looks tougher defenses obviously it's hard to calculate how this is gonna play out when guys up transfer uh but he did practice last year with west virginia he did practice an entire season with marquette in 2020 2021 he played 10 games i think he was gonna redshirt at the beginning of the year and then they decided not to and then he played 10 but uh numbers too small of a sample size to really make any conclusions there but to me, that that's that's a little bit, uh, you know, encouraging to kind of look at what he's done in maybe a role that'll be similar to this one. Uh, if he comes here, is he uh, in that starting lineup for UAB? I don't know. Uh, I still kind of think that the the potential for a Yusef Kayat pop is is not being talked about. But again, I mean, it's. We didn't see, he didn't play very well last year. It's it's the same. If you and I were sitting here this time last year saying, Oh, well, you know, Kobe Buffkins are starting too. There's a lot of people that are kind of cringing at that. So um, there's just so many unknowns. I think that Perez is I, I, I'm gonna go on a limb and say he's probably maybe your one of your first guys off the bench. I'm not ready to say he'd be a starter just because we haven't really seen him play high major basketball, but I think he could be a solid piece and, and with a chance to start for sure, because I don't, unless your name is Doug McDaniel or Terrace Reed or well, I guess Olivier Kamwa, I think everything else is kind of up for grabs right now. I agree with that, including, you know, is how healthy Jalen Llewellyn's going to be where Namari Burnett plays. I, 
I would say I, I would agree with you and say he's probably off the bench. I could see it being close to a coin flip, though, where he is in that starting lineup. Obviously, they're not going to make any determinations, but I think you could sell to him. Hey, you got a chance to start here. You got a pretty darn good chance to play a lot of minutes and, and take a decent amount of shots. And as we've seen with his profile, I mean, he likes to he likes to take some shots. Obviously, won't be as high of a usage guy as he was in, in his previous stops. But yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, I think ideally for Michigan, like you said, they would have gotten Antonio Reeves from Kentucky who can shoot, who can put it on the deck. Um, this is kind of a lesser version of a lot of different guys they've recruited out of the transfer portal, but I do I do think it's a solid one. And if they can get this one done quickly, you can kind of get these guys all on campus meshing together. Olivier Kama was talking earlier in the week with Brian Bush on the Defend the Block podcast, and he said they've got really good chemistry right now with these guys coming in. Guys are clicking a lot of hungry guys that have a lot to prove. And, you know, maybe that's the formula for this team. Guys that really didn't get as much opportunity at their previous spots, uh, stops, you know, will now be thrust into roles that that they, you know, are maybe a little bit bigger than they had in the past and, and want to prove something to the world. Uh, you know, that could be a formula that works with a bunch of veteran guys. But uh, we will see uh, what happens with Jose Perez here. A lot of smoke that this one uh, will probably go Michigan's favor. Uh, any other thoughts on on Perez, Michigan basketball in general? And by the way, go listen to that podcast with with Olivier Kamwa and Brian Bush. Brian does a obviously a great job, and you know he's been on our airwaves in the past. But Olivier Kamwa is an incredibly, incredibly impressive young man. So I recommend everyone go listen to that. Yeah, I don't have any final thoughts other than I would just love to. See, I I, I want to know what this final roster looks like because. You know, I thought there was a chance it would be done and, and sealed by June, and here we are. It's it's July 6th, and I don't know if it'll be done by the next time that we are on a show together. So that's true. Um, we'll see. I, I'm just I want to know what it looks like because then we can start talking about what they're going to be, and I, I don't know that yet. I don't. For sure, the rest of the guys on campus, George Washington the third, uh, arrived a couple weeks ago. The transfers that are. Uh, currently on the roster, arrived a couple weeks ago, started practice, I think. Last week, some of those uh, you know, summer practices, I think they get, what, eight, ten hours. And then Olivia Kamwa will head over to Finland later this month uh, to play for the national team. I think he's going to Japan in August to play in uh, in some games for uh, on the world stage. So he, he said that'll be a cool opportunity for him. But the rest of the guys here working and getting in, in the lab, so to speak, and uh, we will see what comes of it and if any other guys are added, like a Jose Perez. Uh, but for all that, stay tuned at thewolverine.com. Join us over there. Become a premium subscriber. You can get uh, access to all of our premium content, get access to our message board as well. Once again, make sure to like this video on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, and we will see everyone next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.